Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where you come to get awesome hunting and outdoor content to help you be better informed as you go into the woods. At Hunt the West, my only goal for you is to get out and hunt. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode three, using Facebook Marketplace to get on your first hunt. Um, In the beginning of the last episode, I said it was episode three, but this is actually episode three. Now, it's important to know that there's a ton of stuff that you can get on the cheap, but there's also stuff that you should really just buy new because it's not that expensive, and then you'll have a more reliable piece of gear to start out with. The other thing to understand is that gear is just a tool. Just like any other tool, there's things that are going to work, and there's things that are going to work better or even the best. Like you can use a fork to open a package, but a knife is going to do a way better job. But if you don't have a knife handy, a work will do the job. So there's going to be a lot of that with hunting gear too. So if you have stuff, it's probably better to just use that. And then if you really need to upgrade, you can. It's also important to know that you get what you pay for, you know, just in case you're new to like buying stuff. If you spend more, you're going to get something better or more reliable Or in the case of hunting gear, you start getting into lighter weight or a better warranty or whatever. So I'm going to try and break that stuff down and show you where you can cut corners on price and other areas where you really shouldn't cut corners. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that you can get at Facebook Marketplace, but there's going to be new stuff too that you can get on Amazon for good prices or straight from manufacturers. So let's get into the good stuff. Let's start with a sleeping bag. Um, A lot of this first section is going to be general camping gear or hiking gear. It's going to have a lot of crossover with those other activities. But a sleeping bag is something that you can actually get used. But there's a couple of things you need to look out for. I've actually done this. I went to a thrift store and got a sleeping bag for $5. I made sure it wasn't smelly or stained or anything because, you know, that's gross. But I found one that looked barely used and it was in really good condition. It's super heavy and it's basically, I mean, it's definitely not something I'm going to take into the backcountry. But for car camping, which is what I mostly do anyway, it works great. Um, I also have a pretty nice cold weather down bag that I use for colder hunts. And I've had that since I was a Boy Scout. But it works really great. And I had to put a new zipper on it and some some Velcro things are broken. But it still works fine. Unfortunately, this is one of the things that you're going to actually need to get. If you don't feel comfortable going the thrift store route, you can get a new sleeping bag. Um, they're, they're pretty pricey, and I don't have a ton of info on newer sleeping bags because I haven't bought one in so long. So I don't want to lead people astray. You know, maybe it is time that I get a new sleeping bag. But the point is, you're going to spend a pretty penny on a good sleeping bag but it's going to be worth it because you're going to have it for a long time. Like I've had mine since I was 13 or something and I still use it and it works great. So it's turned out to be a pretty good investment. If you don't have a good sleeping bag, you're going to be cold and miserable and you're going to give up and go home. So if you want to have a good hunt, then you really got to have a good sleeping bag because otherwise you're going to be so tired. You know, you're not sleeping all night. You're going to wake up and you're going to make some stupid mistake and shoot yourself in the foot or something dumb like that. So don't shoot yourself in the foot. Buy a good sleeping bag. Okay, so the next up is is a pad. So you can get free sleeping surfaces that will insulate you from the cold ground and keep you comfortable. Um, I 
literally used a pad from a lawn chair that my mom was getting rid of and I used it to sleep in my car all the time. It works great because it's like three inches thick and it's just something to lay on and and that's all you really need. I even use it to lay on when I'm shooting my rifle for practice. And the best part is it's free. But this is something that you can definitely go to Facebook Marketplace because there's always people getting the latest and greatest gear as it comes out. And so every year when a new piece comes out, they sell their old things that are only one or two years old. And you can grab that up for a really good price. And since it's only been used for a season or two, it's probably in good shape. Since this is an item that's used for a lot of different types of activities, you know, hikers, backpackers, um, not just hunters, there's no shortage of this on Facebook. So hit up Facebook Marketplace and try and find something that'll work for you. This is another thing that you can buy new if you aren't worried about the budget too much. And for you ultralight guys, I'm not going to recommend pads that I know nothing about because I haven't used them because I don't backpack that much. But for hunting from the truck, I can definitely recommend a canvas cutter bedroll. It's definitely not designed for back, backpacking, but it is absolutely the best solution for car camping, in my opinion. I have no affiliation with the company, but I've been down to where they make them. I've met the guys that make them, and they are awesome, and they make each one by hand with a sewing machine, and the quality is just top-notch. It replaces a tent and a pad because you have a canvas shell that's a marine canvas that's waterproof super heavy duty zippers and it's basically like a cowboy bedroll where you put your sleeping bag and your pad inside you can get it with a foam pad that comes with it that's what I do I have the foam pad in there and then my sleeping bag and my pillow and I just roll it up into one big thing it takes about 30 seconds to set up and 30 seconds to take down and it's hands down the best sleep that I get out in the woods for sure it is amazing. Um, it's definitely not the cheapest option, but if you don't want to sleep in your car on a foam pad that you got from your mom, like I did, then this is a really good option. And again, I don't have any affiliation with them. I just love their product. So next up is a stove. This is something that you don't actually need. You can go stoveless, buy some hot dogs, cook them over the fire, eat out of a cooler. Um, you don't need a stove to go hunting. It might be nice to cook up a hot meal every night, but you can get a lot of those benefits from just, you know, a campfire. But if you do want to get a stove, this is something that you should definitely look at Facebook Marketplace first. You can get one of those propane Coleman stoves for cheap on Facebook. I did a quick search and I found about 385 of them for $20. But if you want to up your stove game and go a little bit lighter weight and have a lot more flexibility and a lot faster boiling times, um, you can't go wrong with a jet boil. I love my jet boil. I bought one on Amazon a few years ago. They're about a hundred dollars and you can't beat ease of use and convenience. It bore, it boils water in about one to two minutes, depending on, you know, how cold it is outside and the elevation and stuff, but it's, it's fast. The fuel canister fits inside the cup and it boils and the whole thing is just one little package, the stove, the cup, the propane and all fits in a little slick package and whenever my brother and I go hunting together he always brings his big two burner stove and he usually just ends up using my jet boil because it's so much faster next up is the tent I should have talked about this 
whatever. I don't care about the order. It's you're going to need all of it. So it doesn't need to flow, whatever. Next up is a tent. Now, like I explained, if you go the canvas cutter route and have a bed roll, you don't need a tent. And most of the time I bring a tent just in case I feel like I want to have leave some gear at the car and I don't know. I I bring one sometimes just because I feel like I want to, but I almost never take one with me because now I have the canvas cutter. But going tentless is a super budget-friendly way, and like I'm just giving you permission right now. You don't need a tent to go hunting. Sleep in your car. Sleep in the bed of your truck. You can throw a tarp over the bed of your truck if you don't have a shell, or just take your free lawn chair pad that you got from your mom and sleep in the back of your truck under a tarp. Remember, like the goal is to get out and hunt. So don't let not having a tent stop you. If you really want to take a tent, this is something that you can borrow or buy on Facebook. I'm sure you know somebody in your neighborhood or you have a friend that has a tent. And if you're not sure about this hunting thing and you're like, I don't know, I don't want to buy a tent if I don't end up being a hunter or whatever, just borrow one from a friend. Don't be shy. And if you're too scared to ask somebody, be a man and go tough it out without a tent. Tents don't really add a lot to the experience, in my opinion. I don't like wasting time with poles and rain flies, and then you got to pick up and move camp because there's no animals in your area or whatever. I just don't like them. Now, if you're going to go backpacking, um, again, that's not something that I really speak to because I don't do it. Um, but you can go the tarp with a trekking pole set up and go the ultralight method just google that because i'm not an expert on that but that is an option now headlamps are something that i can speak to because headlamps are awesome (laughs) and it's one of the coolest things because you don't need to spend a ton of money to get a super good headlamp so if you're thinking oh i've got a flashlight on my phone i can use that to get stuff around camp or whatever i don't need a headlamp you're wrong You're, you're you're just wrong carry i carry a little flashlight with me all times like even when i'm not camping it comes in handy so much you wouldn't believe that being said you can benefit a lot while camping if you can keep your hands free so not to mention it's completely necessary when you get an animal down and you've got to work on it in the dark your phone is useless at that point because it's going to drain your battery you're only going to have one hand so now that i've convinced you to not use your phone for flashlight let me convince you to just buy a good headlamp instead of wasting your money on a lame one I used a $10 headlamp for a few years and I got through okay, but then I saw how lame and not bright it was compared to someone who had a really good one. And I realized that I've been suffering in darkness for no reason, just to save like 20 bucks. Now I use a Diamondback Spot and I've been using it for a couple years now and I love it. And so for $30, it's probably my favorite piece of gear at that price point. And if you're like me, you're going to end up using your headlamp around the house anyway, and you're going to be using it more than just when you're camping or hunting. You're going to be using it to do little projects around the house or when you're working on your car or whatever. You know, just just get a headlamp. Get a new one. And if you're curious about my little flashlight that I carry every day, I use it as a backup in case my headlamp runs out of batteries or something. I bring extra batteries with me too, and the Diamondback Spot has a locking feature so it doesn't actually accidentally turn on in your pack or something but i carry the streamlight microstream in my pocket every day there's a couple different versions of it i have the usb version the rechargeable version but you can also use a single AAA version and that works great it's super small super light 
and it's indestructible basically. And it has a little clip that you can use on your pocket or it has like a double clip where you can put it on your hat, on the brim of your hat and use it like a headlamp. So if your headlamp breaks or you forget it somewhere, you've got that as a backup. That's something I do. It's probably overkill, but I end up using my little pocket flashlight all the time. Okay. So now you've got your sleeping system, your shelter, if you choose to go that route and you've got your light around camp, you've got a stove. So now you got to get out and go find an animal. So you're going to need some boots and socks. So this is going to vary a ton between people. So just don't email me and complain that a particular boot doesn't work for you because you just have to try them all and see what works with your feet. I might argue that having a good sock is more important than the actual boot or shoe that you're wearing. Um, at least in my case, I have pretty durable feet, so I've never really had any issues with blisters, but I contribute that mostly to having good socks. In my opinion, the material is more important than the brand. So you're going to want to get a merino wool sock or blend because that's going to keep the moisture away from your feet and prevent blisters. And you might think, wow, wool, that's really warm or something, but merino wool is the best for all seasons. I buy mine at Costco every time I see them or I need them and you can go higher end and get some darn tough socks. That's the brand name darn tough. I haven't used them personally, but they have a lifetime warranty and they're $25 a pair. So I haven't really pulled the trigger and bought $25 socks, but I, I do know people that use them and they really do have a lifetime warranty. You can send them back if they get a hole in them. I don't know if they cover like your dog chewing it up or something, but you can research that on your own. But you can pair that sock with a leather boot like I've been doing, but I've been thinking of switching to a lighter boot that's still waterproof. And hopefully it will be a little more durable than what I've been using. I've been, I use like an $80 boot and I just buy a new one every couple years when they wear out. And I end up like super gluing the soles back on, you know, maybe it is time for me to get some new boots. But I've been, I've had my eye on the Salomon GTX mids. They're, they're about $165 on Amazon and they're Gore-Tex. So they are waterproof and I've heard those recommended by other people. Now, if you want to go really high end, you can go with a pair of Krispies or Schnees or something like that, but you're going to pay about twice as much. And they're also come really well recommended, but I can't, I can't really speak to them personally. So socks and boots are something that you can't really get on Facebook marketplace. I mean, I'm sure you could try, but you never know if somebody has been using them and it's been wearing in a different way than the way that you walk and it might screw up your ankles or something. I don't know. I just, boots are not something that I like to mess around with. So I'd recommend just going new because the bottom line is boots and socks are super important and it will stop you dead in your tracks. If you get blisters or if your feet are wet and cold, that's going to be the end of your hunt. Also side note, take some tape with you for blisters. I started using Luco tape when I was um, training for a marathon and it prevented blisters really, really well. So if you feel a hot spot, you just, as soon as you start feeling that, just take that tape, wrap it around that area on your foot and you're going to be good to go. It's, it's kind of stiff tape, but it sticks to itself really well. So it doesn't come off, you know, when you're walking under your sock, it's not going to come off. And it really, it's like putting on an extra layer of skin. It's great. 
So I think that's it with boots. Um, even though it's really important, I think it's kind of boring to talk about. So let's get into the actual hunting specific stuff. This is the stuff that I enjoy talking about a lot more. So let's start with binoculars. With binoculars, you can spend like $30 or you can go up to like $3,000, but you definitely need something. You are going to have a hard time really getting anything done without binoculars. I started out with a pair of binos that were $30 and I bought myself those when I was about 14 years old and I used them until about three years ago. I know, I know it's horrible, but I didn't know what I was missing because I've never, I had never looked through quality, quality glass. It's definitely a piece of gear that I wish I would have upgraded a long time ago. So don't do what I did. This is something that I would suggest spending some money on. And if you're feeling pretty confident you're going to be doing this hunting thing for a long time, I would suggest getting the best that you can afford. All the brands make great glass and have really comparable warranties and things like that. So like Leupold, Vortex, Zeiss, Swarovski, Maven, those are all really great. Um, You can get a pair of Vortex Diamondback HDs, which is the lowest end bino that they make. But it's still really high quality, um, and those run about 200 bucks, I believe. And this is something you can definitely get on Facebook. Now they hold their price and their value pretty well, so you're not going to be sit, you're not going to be getting like half off Vortex binos because they come with a VIP warranty, no matter what owner what owner has them at the time. If you run over them with your truck, they're gonna you can send it back into them and. They will give you a brand new one. No questions asked. So because of that, you don't find beat up Vortex binos on Facebook for cheap. The only thing that their warranty doesn't cover is lost items. I, and again, I'm not, I don't work for Vortex. I don't have any affiliation with them. I just, I've used their binos and I really like them. And I know people that have used the warranty. So, but those other manufacturers have similar warranties too. I know Leupold does. But let's talk about specifics about binos because there's a million different combinations of magnification and eye relief, and there's all these like technical numbers that go around for it. So, I know it can be really daunting when you're doing research to understand what you need and what's important and what's not. So, I'm going to try and just make that super simple in a way that somebody who has no idea, has never bought binoculars before, can understand. So as far as magnification, I would suggest going with a 10x or a 12x. For most Western hunting applications, that's going to be perfect. So when you're shopping for binos, you're going to see a couple of numbers. It'll say like 10x42 or 12x50. The first number is the magnification The second number is the size of the objective lens, which is your eyes look in one end and then the other end is the objective lens. And that is measured in millimeters. So a 10 by 42 or 10 X 42, 10 by 42, whatever, that's going to be a 42 millimeter objective lens and a 12 by 50, that's going to be 50 millimeters. So the bigger that second number is, the more light that is allowed to come in. So the brighter your image is going to be to a point. Um, What I mean mean by that is your eye is only capable of seeing so much light. So you could let in, you could have like 10 by 80s and they'd still look just as bright as 10 by 42s or because 
There's only so much light that can reach your retina. And contrary to popular belief, wide objective lenses don't give you a wider field of view. It doesn't work like that. It allows more light in so that the image appears brighter. So we don't have time to go in depth, more in depth than that anyway, on this episode. So if you understand what I just told you, you're going to be more informed and understand more than like 90% of people that shop for binos. So get a 10x or a 12x and that's going to be perfect. If you're going to be hunting in really, really tight country, lots of trees, and you want to be a little bit more nimble and lighter weight, you can go with 8x binos, but I really think you're going to be better off with 10s in most situations. Um, And 10s and 12s, you can use pretty easily without a tripod. If you go up into the 15x or more for close range things, you know, sub 100 yards, um, 15x is going to be really shaky. So I would suggest 10s or 12s. And then putting 10s and 12s on a tripod is also almost effectively like having 15s anyway, because it's so, I don't know, when you put your binos on a tripod, it's you can glass so much more effectively, but we're not, we're not going to get in that. We're just talking baseline. If you just want to get in and you've never bought binos before, that's what you should do. 10 X or 12 X go with any of those manufacturers and get, get the highest quality ones that you can afford, whether that's $200 or a thousand dollars. But it's also important to remember that if you're going to buy binos and then not have enough money to buy a tag, then you're making the wrong choice. The goal is to get out and hunt, not wait until you have all the best gear possible and then go out and hunt. It's go hunt now. And in order to do that, you're going to need a weapon. Um, If you're just starting out and you've never been on a hunt before, I think doing a rifle hunt is going to be the easiest way for you to be successful and the fastest way to get your first animal on on the ground. If you don't have a rifle, I would first suggest just borrowing one from somebody. Um... There's, there's likely somebody in your neighborhood or somebody that you know or a friend of a friend or a grandpa of a friend or something, somebody that has a rifle that you can take and they'll probably lend it out to you. I used a borrowed rifle until about five years ago. I bought my first one and I bought a Browning X-Bolt. It was pretty expensive for me, but um, it's something that I wanted because I'm gonna, I know that I'm going to have it forever. I'm going to give it to my kids and they'll be able to use it when they get old enough to hunt so I think it's worth it because it's a lifelong piece of gear that I'm going to keep forever the biggest thing I can say about whatever type of rifle that you get the most important thing is that you need to practice with it go to the range and practice a lot there's nothing more satisfying than having an animal in your scope and before you pull the trigger you know that it's going to die because you know exactly where that bolt is going to hit because you've practiced and you're confident And not only that, it's the most ethical way to go about it. Nobody wants to wound an animal. You want a clean, ethical kill. So go practice. And when you have your rifle and your scope, I would, I'm not going to talk about calibers and all that. There's as many opinions as there are people. But I would say for most hunting calibers, um, you can zero your rifle at 200 yards and you're going to be in the kill zone most of the time under 300 yards. And you'll definitely be under the kill zone, or you'll definitely be in the kill zone under 200 yards. You might be an inch or two high or something, but you'll know that based on your practice and you're practicing at different ranges. And that way you don't need to know the exact range 
and you don't need a rangefinder. I've rifle hunted for years without a, a rangefinder. Um, it's definitely better to have one if you can afford one, but we're talking about just getting out on your first hunt. Get under 200 yards, have your rifle zeroed at 200 yards, get as close as you can, and since you've practiced at the shooting range, you're going to know that you're going to hit and kill the animal with the first shot. And as far as scopes go, scopes are really similar to binoculars. You get what you pay for, you can get higher magnifications and better glass, but that goes the same. If you're going to buy a new rifle, buy a scope that you can afford, the the best one that you can afford. And again, a, a Diamondback Vortex scope is on the lower end, and you can get those for a really reasonable price on Amazon or from Cabela's or something. We could have complete episodes on binoculars and rifle scopes. Like, There's just so much that goes into it. But for the people who just want to get out on their first hunt, and you have, I would borrow a rifle from somebody that already has a scope on it or if you can get one at a pawn shop or off Facebook you can go Vortex Diamondback is a good way to start. Okay so now that you've got your animal killed that you shot with one shot because you practiced and you're doing awesome now you've got your animal on the ground and you need to cut it up and take the meat home. So you need a knife. You're always going to need to cut up your deer to some extent in the field. So even if you killed it 10 feet from the truck, you're going to need to gut it and get that meat cooled down before you take it to the processor or do it yourself, which is what I like to do. One time, my brother and I both forgot our knives at home. And when my brother had his deer down, we realized that we didn't have our knives. And luckily, he had his pocket knife that he carries with him every day. And in a pinch, that worked out fine. I personally like replaceable blades like the Havilon. It allows you to have a razor sharp blade all the time. And then when it gets dull, you just grab a new blade and they're stupid light. You just snap a new blade on there and you're back in business. It's great because you don't have to have a sharpener with you or even know how to sharpen a blade. And it just works out great. So you can go the Havilon, which is a folder knife, but I personally like the Taito knife. I use the their first version, the 1.1. They have a newer version. It's titanium and it's like half an ounce. It's crazy light, but I like the Taito because it's not a folder and it's really clean. So when it gets all bloody and stuff, it doesn't have little nooks and crannies that get blood and dirt and in it. So it's really, really easy to clean and it uses the same blade as the Havilon. So you can just buy replacement blades on Amazon and you can't go wrong with a Havilon or a Taito. If you prefer the fixed blade knife, then the Benchmade Altitude is really great. It's really lightweight. It's all one piece, so there's no, it's really easy to clean. And they come in a blaze orange too, which is really nice because you're inevitably gonna put your knife down in the leaves and not be able to find it, and it solves that problem. That's one thing I wish I would have done differently when I bought my Taito is you can get them Cerakoted. They will, they'll Cerakote it for you and you can get different colors and things. And I got a bright orange sheath for it, but the handle is silver and when you set it down, it kind of disappears. So the Benchmade Altitude is really great for that reason. And again, I'm going to leave links to all this stuff in the show notes. And since this is episode three, just go to huntthewest.us slash three. But let's keep going. So now you've got your deer or your elk all cut up and you're ready to put that meat in game bags. This is something that when I was first starting out, I didn't use because the way that we hunted was we'd just hunt from the truck in this little basin and we'd walk up the hill and shoot the first two point that we saw. 
we'd gut it and throw on one of those disposable ponchos and throw the deer over our shoulders and walk it down to the truck. That's how we did it. So never used game bags, never had a use for them. But if you want to get a little bit farther away, this is a cheap way to get out and extend your range a little bit. Game bags are not something that you can really get on Facebook because um, they're going to be, I don't know, maybe you can. They they might be a little bit gross, but what's nice about if you if you buy good game bags, they're reusable and you can throw them in the washing machine and they come out brand new or looking like brand new. So you could find them on Facebook. Um, this is something that I would rather just have new. Um, I like the Black Ovis game bags because... They have the reflective printing on them and reflective drawstring. So when you're hanging your meat in the dark, it's easy to spot when you're coming back and making multiple trips in the dark and you want to find your meat again. The purpose of game bags is to keep bugs and dirt off of your meat until you can get it in the fridge or the freezer. So I've seen people using pillowcases or cheesecloth type game bags, but I really recommend getting some good game bags because this is really why you're out there. You're you're out there to get the meat and you don't want to have it spoiled with maggots or with dirt because you wanted to save a few bucks on game bags. So now you've got your meat in game bags and you're ready to get it back to the truck. So you're going to need a backpack. You don't necessarily need to get a super nice backpack, but it's something that if you spend some money on, it's going to help you expand your range and you can get away from other people. I didn't have a good backpack until about four or five years ago, and I just used a little camelback. But when it came to getting farther away and you can't drag the deer to the truck, you need a backpack that can that can haul some weight, especially if you don't want to use the poncho method, which I don't think is the greatest way. But I use, I, I still use a Badlands 2200. It's small enough to use as a day pack, but it's big enough that I can still get a couple days of gear in there if I need to. The best thing about it is it has a meat shelf. So it's got this strap that unfolds from a pocket at the bottom, and it's designed to carry meat on the outside of the pack, which is nice. It's not the nicest backpack that you can get, but it gets the job done and it's not too expensive. But if you want to go all out and get an amazing pack that is specifically designed for hunters in the backcountry, I would go with an XO Mountain Gear pack. They come, they just came out with a new frame called the K3 frame and a new 4800 pack. And it's supposed to be really legit. So I'm not in the market for one right now, but if I were, that's the one that I would get. The important thing to remember is that the goal is to get out and hunt. So if a backpack is one of those things that is going to hold you back, if you buy it, you're not going to be able to get a tag. Don't buy it. Buy the tag instead. But a backpack is something that I upgraded first because I had a really bad experience going too far, getting a deer down, and not having a way to get it out. And luckily, we had some good Samaritans on horses that saved our butts when we were irresponsible and got a deer down farther than we were able to carry it because we didn't have the right backpack. So after that season, I went and got a real backpack that can haul some meat and I've been using it ever since. So don't do what I did and just be prepared to haul some meat on your back before you kill something. And now you've got your meat on your back. You hike it back to the truck on your back and you're good. You, you are a hunter now. You killed your first big game animal and you're legit now. So as you can see, it it does take some initial investment 
to be successful on a hunt, but there are places where you can cut corners. Like a backpack is one of those things that you can buy used for sure. I know for a fact that there are people, at least in my area, there's people that's selling like a Badlands 2200. They do keep their value pretty well too. So you'll save a little bit of money by buying it used, but it's one of those things that you're really going to use for a long time. They're really well made and they last a long time. So get on Facebook Marketplace, buy that piece of gear that you need, upgrade the gear that you think is going to improve your experience the most. But remember, don't sacrifice a tag because you bought gear instead. Do without that piece of gear if you can, especially if it's going to prevent you from hunting. You can't hunt without a tag, but you can hunt without a tent or a stove or something like that. So you see what I mean? Sacrifice the piece of gear that you don't need so you can buy a tag. And if you can afford to get a tag and the nicest gear, definitely do that because it's going to improve your experience and you're going to enjoy it. But there's something about roughing it and having inadequate gear or cheap gear that just makes you feel more like a hunter for some reason. I don't know. In my opinion, it's like if the people from 200 years ago saw the gear that we have, they would really wonder how we would ever go home and empty handed in my opinion. Like, yeah, if I had a rifle with a scope on it, are you kidding me? I'd kill everything. And that's kind of true. So get that rifle, get it sighted in and get practice with it so you can be successful. So that's the take home from this one is figure out what the next piece of gear you need to buy is and buy it. I'll have all the links for what we discussed today at huntthewest.us slash three. And if you have specific questions, you can email me at skylar at huntthewest.us or leave me a comment in the bottom of the show notes on that on the page huntthewest.us slash three. And if you're listening to this during launch week or on launch day, we're running a little bit of a giveaway for a free t-shirt if you leave a review. The way Apple Podcast works, um, if in the first week of your show, if you get a lot of reviews and a lot of downloads, then it makes the podcast easier to find from other people. So if you can help me out, leave a review and we're going to pick one of those reviews at the end of the week and we'll announce it in the next episode who won the free t-shirt. And if you do that, you have a pretty good chance of winning because there's not that many people that are listening right now. So go ahead and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. But as far as this episode goes, hop on Facebook Marketplace, figure out what the next piece of gear you need to buy is, buy that next tag, get going. You can do this. I believe in you. Get out there and hunt the West.